Hi everyone at SABC and anyone else that's looking in online, it's great to have you with us. My name's John Alp, I'm the pastor of, of the church here. You know, wasn't that song by Sandy Patty, Via Dolorosa, just an amazing, amazingly powerful song. And with those images attached to it as well, it just brings a realism and a reality that makes you think, wow, Jesus did that for me. What love he showed for us. You know, last year I, I had the privilege of being with a team from the church here in Israel, and we got to actually walk those streets. It was incredible. We walked the very streets that Jesus probably walked in his day, um, going to the, to the cross. And I, I would just really encourage anyone who has any thought of going to Israel to put it on your bucket list and make it happen. It is incredible to go to these places. You'll, you'll go and see the, the hillside where um, the, it looks like a skull is in the hill itself. You'll go to the Temple Mount. You'll walk the Via Della Rosa. And it absolutely just makes your faith so real. It's like a bedrock of, you know, wow, this actually happened. It's not just stories in a book that are amazing. The book describes the real life. And by going there... Um, your faith will grow incredibly. You know, Jesus was falsely accused. He was whipped. He was beaten within an inch of his life. And then he was executed on a cross. And it actually happened. And he died so that our sin, my sin, could be forgiven. And my life could be restarted. And then three days later, he resurrected. The grave couldn't hold on to him. It, it probably tried to grab him, but it just couldn't hold him. He he was alive. He is alive. And because that happened, it means that he's right here with us today by his spirit also. And I want to ask you, church, do you believe that? Do you believe that right deep in your heart? Do you believe that he's interested in you and that he's interested in me and that he wants us through this COVID-19 time to grow stronger and stronger and more powerful inside, more faith-filled inside. You know, James chapter 1 in the Passion Translation in verse 9, it says, You know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And this time is building strength within us. I believe that when we come back together as a united church, we will each be stronger because of what we've gone through. You know, the more we look to God, the more we lean on him in prayer and in Bible study and thinking about him, the more it pushes away fear and worry and anxiety that can so easily consume people's lives. And the stronger his powers grows within us as it's released inside of us. COVID-19 has done a remarkable thing in our world, a terrible thing in our world. Virtually the whole world is in lockdown. It has shaken, and the Bible talks of things that will shake the world. Governments have been shaken, and unprecedented moves have been taken by our own government. Our borders are closed. Billions of dollars were released almost overnight into the economy because people are dying particularly so overseas. And we have much in New Zealand to be grateful for. We are ahead of the curve. It's, it's a real privilege to be in New Zealand at this time. But Christians are being shaken too. 
because we've all felt the same fears and anxieties pressing in on us, trying to get into our inner life. And the shaking has caused questions to arise in, in our hearts, like, do I really trust God? Is my faith real? Does it make a difference for me in this circumstance? You know, shaking has caused things to fall off Christians' lives as well. And many of those things falling off are good because priorities are changing and things, oh, that's not so important now. But, you know, I believe the real power of this time in God is that it's causing Christians to come back to God from their heart, genuinely, to make Jesus Lord instead of just Saviour. You know, that verse says, testing stirs up power within us to endure. And in New Zealand, in our churches in New Zealand, we need strength and trust and confidence in God to arise. The church has been too comfortable for a long period of time. And we need to be able to walk in confidence and speak into situations in confidence as well, even in dark times. And I believe that God is using this time. I didn't say causing this time. I said using this time. God, I think, is pressing reset. You know, reset like you'd press reset on a computer to set it back to the way it was supposed to be operating. Don, at our prayer meeting the other day, had a vision. And in that vision, he saw a stopwatch. And then a hand came down and the thumb pressed the reset on the stopwatch, putting it back to how it should be operating. And I believe right across our nation, Christians are having reset pushed in their lives and they're reconnecting with the source who is the Lord God himself. And all the routine and the usual and the casual about our relationship with God is gone. And Jesus is now being put back in the center of our lives the center of church which is where he wants to be he's lord you know we live in two kingdoms at once there's the natural world so we wash our hands gee i've never had such clean hands as i have right at the moment you're probably exactly the same and we keep our social distancing but yet we're in another kingdom as well the kingdom of god and in the spirit we're learning to have our heart and our confidence in that realm confidence in jesus and we're learning to trust him for our protection. You know, as we come to communion today, I want to remind you that Jesus' death was symbolized several times in the Old Testament. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned right in the very beginning, it says God took the initiative. Adam and Eve couldn't fix their sin. So God killed an animal. In other words, he spilled blood so that he could clothe and cover their nakedness. And he brought the skins of the animal to cover Eve and to cover Adam. And that pointed to the day when Jesus would take the initiative, because human beings couldn't fix the sin in their lives. And God took the initiative. And by Jesus' blood, he cleansed and can cover all who ask for forgiveness. And when Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac was his precious promised son and he's just about to plunge a knife into him god calls out stop abraham stop and 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 god provided a, a lamb to be the sacrifice and it pointed to the to the day when the real lamb jesus 
would pay for the world's sin. Remember John the Baptist, who was the cousin of Jesus. When he first saw Jesus as an adult, he points to him and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. And then the third time it was illustrated in the Old Testament was on the night that the nation of Israel, and they were probably a million to somewhere between a million and two and a half million people were about to leave Egypt. And the angel of death was given permission to kill every firstborn living thing in Egypt. Except the angel of death, the dark angel, was not allowed to touch any family under the blood of a sacrificed lamb. And the, the Israeli people were told to sacrifice the lamb and then to put the blood on their door um, frames and on their window frames. And then they were to stay inside under the blood. And the people had to stay there under the blood and not be out in the barn or their field. In other words, they had to be obedient to what the Spirit was saying to them. And that speaks of lordship. And that act pointed forward to when Jesus himself would be slain. And his death would be for sin and for healing, but it would also be for protection. And finally, Jesus did come to earth. The actual sacrifice himself. And who, because he was fully God and fully man, had the ability to actually completely atone for sin and sickness and provide that protection. His death would provide life for his followers like you and me. So as we take communion together today, I want to ask you, church, Will you place yourself afresh under Christ's anointing blood? And will you allow the reset button of your Christian life to be pushed and choose Jesus as Lord as well as Saviour, not just an occasional friend? And if you've never done that, I invite you to, to ask Jesus and choose Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can ask him to forgive you. You can invite him into your life and your life will radically change. So I want you to please talk to Jesus personally, everyone. And I want you just to examine your heart this morning and to say no to the angel of death and yes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, let's share communion together. Just like Jesus did when he took the bread and he turned to his disciples and he said, This is my body, broken for you. Broken for you, for your healing and for your restoration. And broken for you too, babe. Thanks. So why don't we eat together? And then Jesus, he took the cup, the wine that he said was to represent his blood that was actually shared for you, for me, 
for us that we would know his forgiveness and that we would know his grace for a new start. Let's drink together. So church, as we come to the end of our service together this morning, I just want to pray. Let's pray. Father, we together place Jesus back on the throne of our lives. And Lord, may your power within us be released, that we would know confidence and hope and trust, and that there would be no place for the pressure of fear coming into the inside of us. Thank you for loving and saving us. And I pray that you will use us, Lord, whether it's by phone or text or conversation out our mouths, to share that hope in the weeks and months ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.